Scott and Liam versus Evil. So I've got to keep my eye on my phone just at the side so I might get distracted because I'm currently getting a brand new fridge freezer delivered by a man named Vladimir. Like Vlad Impaler. I left my mum in the house though, so there's a good chance she'll get raped by a man carrying a fridge. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep an eye on my phone in case there's any... Liam, please help me, a fridge man is raping me, or the guys can't get him. Or I'm, I'm leaving your dad for Big Vlad. <laughs> Big Vlad. <laughs> be fine with that, actually quite, quite cool to have a Russian dad. He may not even be Russian. Like Polish, more like, yeah. which is shite. Is it? <laughs> is that how you're going to start the episode, writing off the polls? <laughs> It's like almost like they're really, you know, angry for the Germans taking over them and raping them that they just become skinheads and might punch fuck at everybody. No? Uh, understandable, eh? But that's only like a cross edge. That's like a third, a quarter of Polish men. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I've never actually met a Polish person. I'm sure they're lovely. So hopefully Big Vlad <laughs> is less angry about the Nazis and just puts my fridge in, right? Because <laughs> we still kind of get, obviously you were around at my house at New Year and you smelled the Jeez. smell. It wasn't cheese. It's still in there. I don't know what it is. It honestly smells like someone crawled in and died. I think because that genuinely was like a, an offensive smell. It, it was a smell. Of, it was a criminal smell of death. <laughs> and you don't know what it was? Still don't know what it was. Something in the back of the machinery no, or something? I emptied it. Cleaned it. Everything. Still don't know what it was. And it wasn't actually keeping things cold. I think it was fucked. I th- it certainly sounds as if they have <laughs> serious problems with your fridge. So, I've got a nice new fancy one, so wait till you come over and get a shot of it, like the ice and all that. Oh, yeah, kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welcome to Scott and Liam vs Evil episode 59, our first proper episode of the year. Yes. That's not a countdown. And it's your pick. It is my pick, and I hope you are all, all happy with it. They're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to reveal your, your pick? We will be discussing today the 2005 remake of the Amityville Horror. Dun dun dun! Shit! Houses here are way out of our price range. When the business is good, we are going to have the greatest house. It's beautiful. This is an amazing house. You are going to love it. Holy! This is the deal of a lifetime. So, what's the catch? There was a crime, a, a murder. In the house? <laughs> Several people, a family. Accused claims he heard voices coming from within the house. Well, houses don't kill people. (laughs) To a perfect house, into a perfect family. Who are you talking to? My girl who lives in my closet. And what's her name? Jody. Shh. What's the matter? Just seeing things, I guess. Why don't you come back to bed? I can't sleep. Oh, this is my mind. There was a family lived here some time ago. They had a similar problem. We need to get out of here. Just back and go. Everything we have is in this house. There's something mommy. Jody won't hurt you. But the man who lives here, he says he's bad. Uh, it's directed by Andrew Douglas, who actually directed two episodes of the Netflix program Mindhunter. Did you oh, watch I've it? not watched that yet. No. Do I, everyone likes it. I was not keen no. on it. No. And seeing that he also directed this, it makes sense as to why I don't like Mindhunter because he thinks his audience are stupid. He tries to shoot on too much into a scene. 
Like in mind turning us on the phone and oh hey, yes, I am an FBI agent. Yes, well, I did do that thing three years ago where I was nearly stricken off and then and it's like you're trying to say the scene yeah. so quickly in one wee thing and that's kind of the same with Amityville which we'll get into where it's just rammed in your face from the very get go there's no build like suspense or tension so see I've got a question see like if, so if he made this film in 2005 and then it's his next is that the next thing he done it's not the next thing he done oh, it's right, just okay. that's one thing that he, he has do. done yeah. right okay right um, but well, the fact I've wrote down that means there's nothing else of note. Oh, nothing of note, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was written by Scott Kozar, well, as well as the original screenwriter, yeah. who also done the screenplay for the remake of The Crazies and the remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Scott Kozar, get your own fucking ideas. Well, that's what I said because those three, I, I can't remember the original Amityville Horror, but certainly those other two films you just mentioned, those are um, pretty much true to the original remakes. So, like, you're right, there's no new ideas. So what was he then? He's getting, he's getting paid for fuck all. That's the easiest job. That's nearly as easy as being a weatherman because we're a weatherman. You can be wrong every day of the week and nobody cares. But then your name is like put up on IMDb next to this fucking shit show of a film. So uh, it's slightly harsh. I it, think. It's, it's not harsh at all. It's starring Ryan Reynolds, which is I think the only reason you picked it. Melissa George, who was excellent in Triangle, mm-hmm. and Chloe Grace Moretz. It's her debut movie. Who's always been attractive despite being five. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how we could get that joke in. <laughs> uh, and the synopsis roughly is a family move into a house in Amityville in the seventies. And this one is a year after some guy shot up all his family, all his which family. is actually based on a true story. Yeah. Well that's what I've got here. The scary thing is that the DeFeo family were all murdered by his son. And um it was like like, 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 like why? This yeah. shit happens all the time. Aye, who knows? He's still alive and in actual jail. We could ask him. You'd try to get him on for an episode. <laughs> yeah. Ask him what he thought of the remake. Yeah. <laughs> He'll also fucking hate it. Uh, so, do you want to start going through your notes? Yeah. Since you um, made me watch this yeah. fucking my, piece of shit. Uh, my first note is uh, Ryan Reynolds is such a babe. Uh, in this movie, he is my full-on idol. I dream to look shirtless the way he does in this movie. I have a beard the way he has in a, a beard in this movie, and uh, that's kind of like how I live my life. You've kind of got those dark, dead eyes... Like it has at the end of the movie as well. So. Yeah. That's, what, just, I'm, that's you, what I'm... You just don't ever show emotion. It's like... You are literally like a big seven foot dead man. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if uh, I was becoming stepfather to Lauren's children, I would fucking shout at them and try and chop their heads off as well. <laughs> uh, it's set in November 13th, 1974, which is my birthday. Not 1974, because yeah. I was as old as you. <laughs> uh, if I was as old as you, it'd be 1974, but November 13th. It should make me like it. As soon as something mentions my birthday, I'm like, yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg was born on my birthday. Well, she wasn't. Her birthday is the same as <laughs> yeah, my birthday. We, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's my claim to fame. See, right. When they go, they go and they, they try. So I think we, we start off getting a, a wee glimpse of the DeFeo murders when he's shooting up all his family. I mean, it's down some sort of sepia tone, which I don't understand yeah. because it's not the fucking Wild West. <laughs> it's, it's like it's one year before <laughs> the year we're watching. So then it, they jump into, we have um, the Lutz family and uh, they're moving and they get to meet the estate agent who's telling them about the house and the price is really, really low for that area and that's why they're thinking, we'll go for it. Um, the rule goes, if something's too good to be true, it probably is. Yep. And that house is. But would it bother you? If there had been a murder yeah. the, literally the year before, yeah. probably. Throughout this movie, they make it out as if the murders happened like 500 years before. Yeah. <laughs> like as if it's talked in hush words. But if I, if um, a whole family were murdered the year before, I probably wouldn't move into that house. Yeah. But, I mean, like, really, really though, like in real life and not movie life, like, like there's a house over the back for me that um, two folk were stabbed and killed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're both dead so that means that the house must be up for sale so yeah. would you move in yet? Uh, a boy trapped the door at like 3 in the morning they were up or 1 in the morning uh-huh. and he opened it stabbed the guy at the door about 10 times and then stabbed the woman was it a random thing or was it, it completely like a... random because the lights were on really? Aye. did I know this story? Um, I, well, I think so at the, at the time yeah uh-huh. he got caught he took he stole all their money and went into town the next well, day and bought new trainers and they're like fucking you're a wee Ned with benefits there's no way you're buying new trainers and it turned out he'd been the stabber. Yeah. That I would probably move into because I would then know not to leave my lights on at night. And also, <laughs> what are the chances of that house being picked twice for a stabbing? Once it's done, I think that's it. That house is safe. It's the fitter coat of stabbings. Yeah. Uh, so I'd probably move into that one. So there you go. You move into a murder house. 
But I wouldn't move into this one. I would argue, I would argue the point of the murder house got a better price. Haggle even more. Aye, because the people who are selling it will be more than likely family, and they'll be like, "I just want rid of this house, man. I just don't I want to forget that my mum was killed here." Do you think it'd been deep cleaned, like the carpet shampooed and all that? I'd ask for it with the stains still there. Really? Yeah. Just to add to them. Yeah. With seam. And I just, I just, <laughs> just walk about like some creepy character, like Vincent Price or something, just like in, all the time, just always like the blisters. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Because also when the estate agent's showing about the house, there's like a, a shadow of a ghost and she just kind of looks at it as if, oh, there's the ghost again. Don't try to make a sale here. As if it's normal. As if, do you know what I mean? As if it's not like... This whole movie's fucking illogical. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many haunted house cliches that are just stuffed in it. Like they've tried to get any haunted house story over the past 100 years. They've took every cliche from every single one and tried to ram it into the one story. And it makes it not believable, and it makes it daft. Well, I mean, it wouldn't really be believable. As I seen at one anyway. point, there's a red balloon, exactly like that, for no reason, and it just floats out of the the boathouse. No, I, we'll get to that scene, and there's a reason <laughs> why. Um, so pretty much they move in. They're like, I fuck it, I were buying this yeah. house. Um, they decide that they don't care. There's been murder, so they're like, right, let's go, and they move in, and. So uh, Ryan Reynolds is the stepdad because the dad of the family has died naturally uh-huh. in some kind of natural causes. And it shows at the beginning that Ryan Reynolds is actually a really, really good stepdad who says, I'm not here to replace your dad. He was a great guy. He don't need to call me dad, not the rest of it, to the young boy. The teenager is a wee bit of a pain in the arse. Uh-huh. He's a bit resi- uh, resistant to him, but... The stepdads always say that. They don't try to replace the dads, but they always are. They're always trying Because then, then later on when the teenager boy says, like... Like you can see he's upset and mum says nobody will replace your dad and, she, and he says even for you and she goes yeah and Ryan is listening he's like right, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we start off we get to see ghosts pretty much straight away because I think the first night they're in the house they're banging uh-huh. and uh, she's riding them cowgirl and he sees behind her the wee girl ghost who seems to be the protagonist ghost for uh-huh. some reason she gets the, all the you know all the action the other like five people who are murdered in the house who don't get a look in but the wee girl is everywhere uh-huh. because that's the trope wee girl ghosts everybody's scared of yeah I'm with you I'm totally <laughs> with you and uh, then for some reason she hangs herself as a ghost which is not what she does and, uh, <laughs> which not is not actually, how she died yeah not the cause of her death <laughs> so like as you figure out this how this wee ghost is living in the house she literally is just fucking with Ryan Meadows at this point who sees her and freaks out and then just stops banging and saying I'm, I'm no well Whereas, and I honestly don't think I would stop banging Melissa George even if there was a little girl hanging in the corner of the room I reckon as my notes <laughs> I reckon I'd finish banging before giving in to feeling not well <laughs> <laughs> so that is again not believable <laughs> right, so where do we go we're in, I think Melissa George is kicking about Chloe Grace Moretz is, is saying that she's seen the wee girl or saying she's, she's got a magic friend friends. called Jodie uh, but what I noticed is that Chloe Grace Moretz is way too good to etch a sketch. I actually don't even remember. Because you even she just drew a shaky light outline of like the man who's supposed to be the, the, right. the who eventually will find out is the the Reverend from five hundred years ago or whatever. Um, <laughs> she, if you ever tried to draw draw any etch a sketch, it's literally uh, impossible. Everything is connected with a line. Like you even try to draw a box and try to move to draw something else, and I, I can never not. Like get the line connecting all my pictures and it just looks fucking it terrible. is impossible there are people yeah. who can actually draw detailed mm-hmm. good pictures and etch sketch and people have way too much time in their hands <laughs> so I so um, the wee lassie's talking about an imaginary friend but do you not think okay I guess it's a wee trope again but wee lassies and their imaginary friends do you not think they're scary as shit I genuinely remember one time when Dawn was young like four or five years old and I was asking her like because she was fit to get in a room and I says I says to her why what, what are you scared of what do you know what you're in your room for <laughs> In case they come back. I was like, <laughs> I was like what? What? <laughs> so that, that's fucking scary shit. Did she name them? No. She just was fucking messed up. Man. Why, when Lena was younger, uh, the Donald house, and I think our sister, I could, this story could be wrong, and if it is, I'll correct it in the next episode, because I'll go home and I'll get absolutely fucking abused for getting it wrong. Uh, our sister... I had an imaginary friend, I kept seeing a little boy in the cupboard, there was a little boy in the cupboard who kept trying to get her to come in during the night, and it turned out it was an actual, it was a little boy's room, like long before, I don't know if the boy died or something, but there was like a lot of kind of indications that it was a wee boy ghost that used to, that used to live in that house, which is fucking terrifying, so I can, I can understand that, yeah. Still, I don't think, 
I actually forgot your question. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> um, my next note is simply: uh, I could watch topless Ryan Reynolds all day. So this is clearly after a scene where he has had his top off and he has <laughs> strutted around in his magnificent physique. Nobody had a body like that in the seventies. Nobody's no. got a body like that even now. No, but now there's more like nutritionists and stuff where you they could sculpt you a body like that. Obviously, with a lot of hard work. <laughs> uh, but but you know you know how you know how like that. people even people have got like they're fit. And they've got like you know muscles and six packs and they're, they're lean as shit. Yeah. And some people who, unless they're like either even cover models on magazines who are really really lean and fit, but a lot of people you see on Instagram who have lean fit have got even their abs in a weird place and stuff like that. And like maybe their muscles are they don't grow in the, the you know the right kind of shape. Like you're nitpicking the smallest of parts here, but Ryan Reynolds is physically perfect <laughs> in every way. Like I really hope that he's got a small wanger because he's. <laughs> In fact, I don't. You know what? I love him that much. I wish. I hope he's got a huge wanger. This is the only reason you picked this movie, isn't it? Yeah. I've even got pyjama oh, bottoms. Six, six reasons. I've actually got, yeah, I've got pyjama bottoms exactly like the ones he wears in this movie so that I strut about the house topless. <laughs> I really don't look as good, but I hope maybe one day. When we were actually talking about this in the group, the Facebook group during the week when we kind of revealed the cover up, I was talking to one of our listeners, Martin Trotter. His point as well was like, oh, fuck, Ryan Reynolds' abs. And I was like, do you know what? It'd be better if it was called the, the Abbottyville Horror. <laughs> and it was just an hour and a half of Ryan Reynolds worrying that moving house would ruin his abs so he just kills a child so he can have more time in the gym. I was so proud of that. that I thought, <laughs> I actually wrote down, make sure you shoehorn the Abbottyville Horror concept in this episode. You've, you've quoted yourself. I've quoted myself because I peaked, I peaked on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, and... And then since that, I thought I'm never going to be able to top that in the episode, so just fucking rehash it, which is, a, is what I've done. But that's a true thing. That the Abbottyville Horror would be a much better movie than the, this. There should have been like a, an accompanying like workout DVD called the Abbottyville Horror, and it was just Ryan Reynolds working out. <laughs> the Ryan Reynolds Amityville workout yeah. or Abbottyville, Abbottyville workout. workout. That would probably sell quite yeah. well. But all us horror fans, are, like I don't think any really care about six packs. I, I do, but I, I, do. I know I'll never ever ever get one. I'm planning. I'm, on. I'm planning to get one this year. You've been planning to get one for the past like, five years. I have. Yeah, right. That's one hundred percent true. <laughs> um, so we start to see um, Ryan Reynolds' uh, transformation and from into asshole, and it's pretty quick because you get the impression he's getting possessed. Um, I don't know if anything particularly happens to him. Like, I don't think he ingests anything or he has an experience. His he just eyes starts. Just go dark. He just. They just. They just pick him. Aye. Um, uh, and it's mainly focused on the basement. Um, they try and say that that's where everything's going to happen. So when he goes down there, um, he he is kind of getting further possessed. They say that he's cold. He can't get heat in him, so he sleeps next to the furnace and stuff. But see, his transformation is, any asshole, is quick, but it's believable as well. As he, it must be hard taking on three kids, let alone getting possessed at the same time. Mm, but not really. As <laughs> His transformation is believable. His acting is good. Surrounded by this nonsense and this shit show of of tropes and and information, he is the beacon, the shining light. The thing, the thing of the movie is that the acting's all of a very high quality. It's not. That's not. uh, That's not the reason why this movie's shit. It generally is because the story, the story is based on a book which is based on a story that has been proven to be bullshit. So say it's based on a true story, so the, 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 it's, based on a, it's based on nonsense. And then the remake director actually tried to get even more nonsense in, which, like the magnet scene, which I think is just coming up after the yeah. abs, where the magnets in the fridge spell, it was like, kill them. Catch them Ca- all, catch kill them all. See, right, why are those exact letters all near each other to form out of that? Because I actually wrote them out and went, what could that, what other word could that be? Because none of the kids have got like a K in their name. And I was like, that is just fucking nonsense. They've literally just went, right, put catch and kill, mess up about a bit and then we'll pretend that the ghost's moving <laughs> into that phrase. It's just stupid. I just can't look at the colourful um, fridge magnets and see catch them without, gotta catch them all. <laughs> I just imagine he's just running about like singing Pokemon, you know? <laughs> Which again would have made this movie, I'd give it an off point in my overall rating. The next scene is, uh, or the next part I've got in my notes is when they go for a date uh-huh. and they get the babysitter the oldest boy's moaning that he doesn't need a babysitter or blah 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 and then this lassie walks in wearing hardly any clothes whatsoever <laughs> literally nothing yeah she's <laughs> just covering her nipples and then she's got her amazingly flat stomach out as well 
Uh, my question is Bang the Babysitter? Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, I said the wee boy certainly wants to slip a finger or two, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Would you leave your kids with a random lassie that came out of the house dressed like that? Dressed like that and then talking the way she does as well. I worked here before with the DeFeos. It's creepy being back here. Yeah, would you, so would you have left your kids? No. No, I'd have put sent the kids with their mum in the day and I'd have stayed with the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more how creepy it is. Take it top off. <laughs> Then see, so then then you've got um, the the young lassie again talking about Jodie. Now the babysitter knows the family, knows who Jodie was because Jodie was uh-huh. one of the fails who was killed, and she just talks away to Chloe Grace Moretz as if it's normal that she's talking about this as if as if you know what I mean. You'd be I'd be more freaked out if I genuinely knew that family and I can back in that house and the wee girl who's five who's too young to be able to const- like you know work everything out. Is talking about the girl as if she's alive, mm-hmm. and then like you know she won't like that. She won't like you talking like this, or she's getting mad. I'd be like, this that is weird. Yeah, like it makes sense. From yeah, what, yeah. From what you know of the the, the history. Yeah. It, it gets me that a young girl like that wouldn't still be fucked up a year later if the, she the knew a full family that was slaughtered by their son. Yeah. Would you go back into that house a year later? Yeah. Would you not be fucked up? Yeah. So, again, another. Notching the nonsense fucking call. And then we get the scene in the attic bedroom where she goes into the cupboard. Yep. And the ghosts lock the door. Yep. And we see Jodie. I think we've seen Jodie already, but then we see her in the cupboard and um, she has the gunshot wound in her head. Yep. Which she makes the babysitter finger blast. (laughs) (laughs) Which. Slightly sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly sexy indeed. Why is the bullet hole in the front of the head? When. Were all the family not shot in the back of the head? No, I think it was the two boys were shot sleeping, like, face down. In fact, I think... Do you know what? I think the true story... I don't think there was a Jodie in the true story. I think they've added a family member for this movie. Maybe, actually, so then she's... She's the star, and it's not actually kind of... Ah, yes, any, yes, any because that's why they don't talk about the actual people. That's, yeah. that's probably that's why they've done that. Yeah. Um, also, the Lutz family. Would you not, like, wish your name was, like, Sam? So then when Lutz came through, it'd be like, Mr... Slut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, now, where is the scene where? Are you wanting to know when the scene when they they just show a, a really weird creepy doll, its face all cracked? It's at this point, and they just flash it up just to get another fucking cliche in. Then a doll with a cracked face. Then it? you've got hands so, holding Ghost Jodie hostage in the roof. Now, is that at this point? Is that later on? Hands. Like hands or grab oh, close Jody. I think he said hands. Is that no? Is that that? Maybe maybe that's fully or maybe it's just. No, no, is. is that she's in the cupboard? Is that not right? Is it not the babysitter they've got pulled in? No. I literally watched this movie two nights ago and there's nothing memorable in it. <laughs> We've got there. So after Jody gets finger blasted in the head, and they make the gun noise as if she's getting shot again, the girl can't get out the cupboard. And then you see like a, a shot or a try to open the cupboard and you see the roof and Ghost Jodie's getting held by two arms, presumably uh-huh. um, the, the, the reverend or the, you know, people that he keeps uh-huh. in the basement as we'll get to. But it's like, scenes like that, that's not, I mean, it, being in the cupboard is kind of tense, but it's not scary. And it, and it makes you think, who's actually the evil force here? Is it Ghost Jodie? Is it uh, Ryan Reynolds getting possessed? Uh-huh. Is it the the house? Is, is, is Ghost Jodie just at risk as... The, the real Is life people else? it doesn't it, make sense it, it doesn't it, let you know I think that's probably what annoys me more about it because there's nothing there is nothing to fear it's all is it all in their heads you're basically you're spending 90 minutes watching a film where these people are scared of essentially nothing there's nothing to build tension it is them being scared of like Ryan Reynolds seeing a ghost in the room but the ghost is not there so it's not like say a movie like fucking Annabelle right where there's a doll there's something to be scared of so the audience can be scared of them as well and can build up this they are sharing the fear with the characters Mm -hmm. you don't actually know what it is so you're not really feeling afraid and the fact that it is all over the place is it the ghost is it Ryan Reynolds is it the house I think it just it's such a mashup that it just falls so flat yep my next note is simply it's not really as good as I remember and the story of the haunted house, like you said already, is pretty much debunked. Like yeah. the true story, uh, Ryan Meadows topless steals the show and is the only thing that makes this movie worth watching. Which is good because they really get it on screen numerous times because nobody needs that much fucking firewood. 
No. There's literally four years worth of firewood in that. But is that something to do with the possession? Yeah, they'll say it's something to do with possession, but it's so Ryan Reynolds and his six ab pals uh, get more screen time. Whose who's decision do you think it was? Do you think it was Ryan Reynolds this time? Because he, he was in peak physical condition then. I know he, well, he still is now because he's doing superhero movies, but he was, that was like, I think that was that was peak Ryan Reynolds. If I had a body like that, I would literally never have a top one. Yeah. In life and in movies. Yeah. Like, it could be doing Shakespeare and I would be doing it topless. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everyone knows. Yeah, look at me. I'm like a fucking ripped bronzed god. Then he's in the basement again and he's found some movie reel and he's watching home movies of the family. I think it's the same home movies they kind of make at the start. Like uh, there's a wee... There's a wee um, like real, real... What do you call that word? A projector? You, no, when you put all the bits together it's like Rocky when he does... A uh, montage. There's a wee montage at the start as they're moving into the house and they're all happy families. Um, and I think it's like the, those home movies he's watching and then he starts to stare at it and then they change the devil faces and then they go back to normal. Or the wee boy, the oldest boy changed to the devil uh, face and he's looking at him. So that's kind of position making him wary of the, the oldest boy and then the real just burns up and disappears. And like, it's just, they've just thrown a lot of tropes at the wall in this movie and just hope enough of them stick. It is very all over the place. Yeah. I completely agree with what you've been saying. It's also actually a wee bit like the remake of It. So they've got the balloon and then maybe the remake of It's copied this with the projector demon. Right. Only just thought about that right there. That's maybe shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching it. My next note is... Right. Um, yeah. Before that, again, just, just to kind of reiterate some good points as we go through it, what it does do well, I feel it's a testament to Reynolds and Melissa George's performances is the destruction and destabilisation of the father character, which can happen to a step parent under stress without the supernatural forces. So that is a good point in the movie, I think. If they played... I know they can't really do it because it's a remake, but if it was a film on its own, if they played more into his breakdown, but then is that just The Shining? Yeah. Where, is it the house or not? It's actually, it's his breakdown in that environment. Yeah. If he did that, then the movie would be passable, but they didn't. And then, the worst thing about this, and it's the worst thing about all movies, he killed the dog. I'd forgot about the dog kill. That's not my only note for that. I forgot about the dog kill. The, the, the fact that I don't understand is it's based on have you have you watched the original? Uh, not recently, not not sooner. But you've seen it. At some I've point. seen it at some point. The original and I, I love all the original horror movies and stuff, but the Amityville is one that I can't really get on board with. Like even the original is boring as fuck. But at the end of it, Josh Brolin's dad saves the dog. That's a, a, a big part of it. So why in the remake? Why have him killing the dog? Like, no, nobody wants to see a, dog, a dead dog. Nobody. It doesn't add anything to the movie. It actually, it, it fucking annoys me. Because just don't fucking kill it. They do it so often. It is yeah, a, it's one of the worst tropes for movies. Marley and me. Fucking. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'll watch it again. Just don't kill the fucking dog. It's, it's, it's pointless. The, the, the original, I, I, I don't understand why you would remake that and then still make it equally as Bone. The original had a, had a score that was nominated for an Oscar, and in the remake, maybe there was obviously some sort of fucking rights that they couldn't get, but why not use that score? The Halloween remake still uses the yeah. John Carpenter thing, or a lot of it will, I assume, but why not still use that score? Why then change it and it's something that's completely fucking a known entity? You don't care? You, can you remember well, maybe how any of that soundtrack goes? But the Ryan Reynolds one? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't remember the original one either, though. Maybe I would if I heard it. Aye, if you heard it, you'd go, all right, shit, I recognise that. I can't but, do it. Can I can't even do the Halloween one. <laughs> but did the Rob Zombie version do the Halloween one? It did not. See, so maybe there is a copyright issue then. I think the Rob Zombie one probably didn't. Would that not be his choice though? Because Rob Zombie would want to shoehorn all his music into it? Probably, because he's an asshole. I'm going to let you away with that since I'm really ripping on this, your choice. <laughs> uh, but... I have have that in it somewhere, just something that yeah. maybe harks back to the old movie, which it, it was fucking a very below average movie, and all the sequels that came after that I thought were fucking awful as well. The Amityville ones, original ones, yeah. was it the second or third one where there was like full on incest? Yeah, I think that was the third one. The second one was Possession, and the third one so I can't remember what it was. I called. think the third one was in the brother and sister were banging, and there was some black tar that would come out the floor and eat them. That actually happens if you fuck your sister. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> So then we've got the priest comes back and he's like saying, right, okay, I'll come in and bless the house or whatever. He, there's, uh-huh. a, there's a scene where he says, um, that doll 
uh, was Jodie DeFeo's, oh yeah, it was left in the house. No, it wasn't left in the house. I presided over the funeral of the DeFeo's. Jodie DeFeo was buried with that doll. <laughs> the music comes in, you're like, oh, you're like, fuck, who gives a shit, man? We got it already before you don't need to tell us that. So he comes in and tries to do like a blessing and then it's just hundreds and hundreds of flies. I can't see that scene without seeing James Woods from like the scary movie parodies. And I think in the scary movie parodies, he was parodying The Exorcist. I don't think it was this movie he was parodying, but... The, the original does have a room that's full of flies. So maybe, maybe it was, maybe that is I still the parody. Him. But I just, I can't get it. But then the house goes, get out! And the priest goes, fuck this shit! And he's away. In fact, I think that's actually how the scene from Scary Movie goes. I think it does exactly. say, get out! And he's like, all right, <laughs> see ya! <laughs> I actually have no other notes. Right, it's just the, the movie. I'll right. I'll go. I'll go. Find the reviews speak for itself. <laughs> uh, so, because I work in mental health, I, a lot of supernatural movies I feel can be explained away. She goes to the library. She's banging on the door. We don't open for another two minutes, and she bursts <laughs> away in and goes through the microfiche um, files of all the old uh, newspapers. Uh, microfiche. Why is it called that? I don't know. Oh, no. Um So she's looking through all the old newspapers, and uh, she reads the stories of the fatal murders, and it's like quotes of the voices told me to do it I was like right schizophrenic right. end of story that's probably what happened in real life although there's theories that in real life he was tied to the, the mafia and stuff but why would you kill your own family he's schizophrenic yeah. that's what it is mm-hmm. um, so then she goes and I think she goes does she go back to the priest I don't know she goes and asks somebody about um, she finds out all about the reverend um, was his name Jack Ketchum I can't remember. I think he was called the Reverend Jack Ketchum, and that's where you get Ketchum and kill him. I think you get the Pokemon thing confused. <laughs> well, anyway, she finds out about this Reverend who who um, captured Native Americans and tortured them, and, mm-hmm. and that's where all this, the torture souls are. But she, at one point, says, he tortures Indians on my land! I was like, that's a bit rich, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're on your land. Um, that's America in a nutshell. <laughs> so, like, she goes back. She's back to the house, um, and then well, she she learns about how he all about this reverend. Well, and it's and it's playing it simultaneously while Ryan Reynolds has actually got into the basement in the house, uh-huh. and he's walking through all the rooms that she's reading about in this book, who's like literally, you know, corridor and door for door, which is convenient to yeah. how 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 her house <laughs> still looks, uh-huh. and uh, he's visualizing all these tortured souls all getting tied up and stuff to sh- eventually gets to the last room and sees a spirit an image of the reverend uh-huh. who she says slit his throat to remain in the house as a presence as a spirit but it doesn't explain how cutting slitting your own throat means that we, you stay to get forever as an evil an evil ghost so that makes <laughs> literally no sense like okay, that's okay quickly coming round that Ryan Reynolds' abs don't really carry this movie <laughs> the whole way through <laughs> no so we're down in the we're now down in the boathouse. Kind of for one of the many reasons they're down in the boathouse. Because there's random balloons coming out. <laughs> and this is the time where Melissa George gets knocked into the water. Uh-huh. Um, this isn't as good as the time that Ryan Reynolds dives in at the start of the movie because he dies in topless and then he runs back out all wet. It's again perfection. But <laughs> this time we have her. Um, she gets knocked into the water. I can see a physical erection <laughs> emanating from the jeans. And uh, the speedboat catches her here. But then it just gets clogged up. Now that speedboat isn't going to get clogged up. You are going to get full on Kirsten McCall at this point. There's no way you're getting out of this. <laughs> oh, I appreciate and I'm shocked at that reference. <laughs> um, so he just sits and watches her for a couple of minutes before he reverses the boat and she gets out, which she's pissed off about. And really so. Um, and then you go back to the house and how the f- she's now in the basement again and he has at some point made five hardwood coffins with perfectly crafted crosses emblazoned in the front and then use some sort of sharpie to crappily scrawl their names over them see what would then make sense the reason he's chopping so much wood or using the axe is because he's building the coffins but then show him building something don't just show him chopping logs yeah. for the fire it's as if they've missed the transition for that which again notching the nonsense column yeah uh, so we get now I think we've missed, missed a couple of different parts they, how it showed how easy they had a scene where Chloe Gisman was on the roof uh, uh, ages ago in the movie saying that Jodie told her to jump off to go and be where dead dad and I guess that was just to show how easy it is to get on the roof because the film culminates with them all going on the roof yeah. and uh, they knock Ryan Reynolds to the ground and then I think he was going he's going to chop the wee boy in half and she can't shoot him 
So she just knocks so them out. So she knocks them out. And that's another trope. The tired trope, how easy it is to knock someone out. Now, <laughs> I've seen plenty of, you know, silly videos on the internet of people getting knocked out. Sometimes it can be easy. Uh-huh. But they just take it for granted in a movie that one punch will knock you out or one butt of the gun will knock you out. But that's it. There you go. Now, my grandpa had a new rifle once when he was younger and it fell on my little brother's head. It just gave him a lot of bump. Yeah. Didn't knock him out. Exactly. <laughs> So they knock Ryan Reynolds out and then he gets up and takes the axe and swings it right into Melissa George's stomach. And then is just before you think, oh, this is a fucking ending, he wakes up. He dreamt they killed her. I and know that, that's that's the that's the worst, that's the <laughs> sickening, sickening trope. It's very poor, very cheap. And then they, they jump in the speedboat and drive away and then he's back to normal and they're all happy ever. I think a movie shouldn't be released if it has the dream sequence. If it has the what you've just watched for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or the entire movie, mm-hmm. it's all a dream. It shouldn't be allowed. It, it, it should stop the movie being presented to viewers because it's so fucking tiresome and boring and done. Yeah. And I hate it. Yep. And actually, when we got to that bit rewatching this, I was like, no, nah, there's nothing good I can say about this apart from Ryan Reynolds' six-pack. This movie's fucking awful. It really is. It's a stupid remake. It's, do you know, there's not one bit in it that's kind of scary. It doesn't build up tension. It doesn't, granted I watched it over three three days, I think. I guess they split it in half between work and stuff and some of it was through the day. So it wasn't, it's maybe scary if I immerse myself with headphones and dark and, you know, or whatever. But it's, you know, like some of the, some of the tense scenes like the wee girl on the roof. Uh-huh. Other than saying the ghost told her to do it, there's nothing scary about that whole sequence. It's just it's it's sort of be horrible if your kid was on the roof ready to jump off, mm-hmm. but it's not scary as such. I think that's what I exactly you said and what I said at the start when it, it's on Netflix in the UK, so you can watch it if you want to, if you hate yourself. Uh, I'd watch it lights off, and the the first ghost is so quickly in it that you're just like, oh fuck, are they, were they and already? Is that the weird kind of? And then spirit goes to be the, the spitting black the blood. Sh- no, no. It's oh, like the, the shadow, shadow thing. Yeah. That the the demon kind of golem looking one yeah. comes a wee bit after it, but you're just like, oh fuck! All right, okay, we're there already. It's like yep. you haven't even got your shoes on yet to yep. go the ride, but you're already at the destination. Insidious, apart from the end, it insidious worked because you're building up to what the fuck is this? Oh, oh, oh shit! What's that wee thing we maybe just seen? Yeah. All right, we did see it. Oh fuck! There it's there. This was just aha! Oh, we're all here. We're all here. Watches, watches, watches. And it's like I'm not scared of that. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing to be scared of in the film. And even even that one that the ghost I just talked about there, the the connect the Native American spirit that's um, bitten black blood, kind of shows up at the end in the basement. Like why is he up the stairs frightening the wee boy doing a pee and then he's not as if he's a bad spirit when he's nice. like one of the torture spirits that's down in the basement. It doesn't link. It doesn't link in whatsoever. They have literally taken. There must have been. They've credited one or two screenwriters, but there must have been so many people involved in this to throw everything at it. Like they've got a big whiteboard and they're brainstorming and yeah. they've just took out the best points and thought, right, okay, right, film that bit, film this bit, yeah. film that bit. But how will we tie it on? I don't know, we'll just put eight minutes of Ryan Reynolds' six back in. <laughs> cool, I'll mint it, that'll be a movie. It, it totally is. My, my kind of final kind of summation here at the end, like the quote-unquote true story of the Lutz family living in the DeFeo house has been debunked. And many reasons are suggested for them leaving after like the seventy days, mainly uh, money. Mainly, mm-hmm. uh, they're still alive. We could ask them, mm-hmm. but they don't take anything to do with the Amityville name anymore, which shows it's a studio monster and not a real one. I can't fully recall the original movie, so I can't comment whether it's a good remake. But I feel it was a good film. But <laughs> I remember it more fondly and loved it in two thousand and five. Two thousand eighteen's eyes were a little disappointed. If it wasn't for Reynolds and that stunning physique, this film would be hard to enjoy. The scares are cheap and the story is a patchwork quilt of ideas. Still, the performances of the parents carry the film and uh, the film could have worked, showing a family crippling under stress and debt uh, rather than under possession. I gave it six pack abs out of ten. I like that. I like the, the end of the rating. <laughs> the, the six pack thing. That, that was clever. Yeah. Uh, they, they remade a movie that, when it first came out, was nominated for... Uh, worst on-screen couple, worst supporting actress, worst actress and worst actor at the 1979 Stinkers Bad Movie Well, it's Awards. clearly that is the point that they focused on then for the remake because <laughs> those are the best parts of this movie. <laughs> it's just, there's no reason to have remade it. There's no reason to have remade it the way they did. There's no reason for it to be 
it's like it's filmed for a generic audience rather than actual horror aficionados but even then it falls so far i seen it in the cinema and from what I remember I, I don't remember anyone jumping or reacting the way they did in smaller films yeah. that have come out recently uh, so even the even the general public still need tension building to be scared and this movie just does not do that mm-hmm. at all and Ryan Reynolds' abs are fucking excellent but it's not enough to give us any more than a three. But we can't also we can't forget his um his shoulders and his biceps and his pecs because they are again all excellent. So if there was a Ryan Reynolds cock shot in this, would you have give it a ten? I, I who wouldn't have give it a ten? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I'd give this a three. A three. A three. I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Awful film. So we'll be right back after this with a. Spoiler free, quick review of Nicolas Cage's new, is it good, is it bad, movie, Mum and Dad. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time, a time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. So, Nicolas Cage, as you know, me and Scott are very, very massive fans of Nicolas Cage and Cage Mode. The the man is a a legend. He's like, he redefines... (laughs) He redefines. I don't know what he redefines. Sanity. <laughs> in fact, do you know what the the Amityville horror remake wasn't even as good as the Wicker Man remake? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the Amityville horror remake starring Nick Nicholas Cage, Cage just running about punching <laughs> Melissa George? And <laughs> oh, I'd easily give that a six. <laughs> uh, so it's his new movie, Mum and Dad. It's out in the UK in March. It's out at the. In fact, I think it's out now in America. America. Stan, Nicholas Cage, obviously, and Selma Blair, who 
I've always fancied, and see even watching this movie, that woman does not age. No, because I find it, find it weird to say that she was cast as Nicolas Cage's part, uh, like wife, mm-hmm. with both of them having uh, kids in this movie, I thought, because she, yeah. I remember her from years ago, from I think it was she was in um, a movie, a TV show called. No, it's gone. Oh, it's uh, Zoe. Jack and Jill or something it was like four names and it was like a sitcom kind of like How I Met Your Mother but maybe for Zoe, Jack and Jill all four of them <laughs> there was four <laughs> Zoe, Duncan, Zoe, Duncan, Jack and Jill right swear to God and <laughs> uh, it was uh, you know the guy that played uh, Lex Luthor in the Superman TV show as in Smallville Smallville uh, yeah he was in it and right, then okay. two other folk who I think done nothing maybe the girl done something I can't remember uh, so she was in that and then obviously she went to Crown Tensions where she smooched uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer I think that's when I started fancying and uh, made uh, the blowjob sign and uh, acted like she was getting her vagina kissed by Ryan Philippe so these are reasons What's why we were fancying her you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, well she's still sexy as fuck mm. at that age uh, and Nicolas Cage is in full cage mode like just full on screen now, meltdown Nicolas Cage I haven't seen this movie yet so I'm interested to hear what your review is of this movie as well um, so is do you think Nicolas Cage knows what cage mode is now do you think he's aware of what he's, what he's before is? watching this I would say no like Wicker Man stuff I always thought is he aware of what he's like Vampire's Kiss is he aware of his character being funny now after watching this, he's fucking fully aware. Yeah. He, he's playing up to it completely, and it makes it fun. I think this is the best Nicolas Cage movie I've seen since Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> it's directed by Brian Taylor, who done Crank, mm-hmm. the Jason Statham. So which is also just as bonkers. As it's very similar. It's fun, high energy. It's just got the fucking ballsiest attitude, and it's like an adrenaline ride. It's the soundtrack's fucking brilliant. There's like tracks for Reagan Youth, and it's just. It's mental. It, it really is. It's and I say it all the time. It's switch your mind off and enjoy it for an hour and a half. Material. The the concept of it is there's a there's an epidemic, just a, a like a rapid epidemic. You don't know what's caused it, and all parents are turning on their kids and just want to fucking brutally slaughter them. And that's the movie. It's mm-hmm. just it's fun. It's crazy. Nick Nicholas Cage is fully playing up to people thinking he's batshit crazy. And I think that actually it makes me feel really endeared to him because I'm like, do you know what? See, because he's in the joke as well, I actually like him way more now. Yeah. It's a cameo from Lance Herrickson, who was in Alien and Terminator, and all horror fans will, will, will quite like that because his wee cameo was actually really funny in it. And just, oh, it's crazy. It's gory, it's fun, it's bonkers, and it's a movie that I think if you went to see it at the cinema, you'd be so engrossed in it that you would happily go again the next night and probably next night. It definitely lends itself to rewatches, even if it's just in the background or whatever, like mindless rewatches. Uh-huh. Excellent. Really. So when it comes out, go see it. If you're in America, fucking go see it now. Really, really enjoy it. I'd get out of 10, I'd say it's a very strong 8. Mm. I'm interested to see After it. I rewatch, I'd maybe go to a 9. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll need to see. I'll see mm-hmm. how it holds up. I enjoy finding finding movies that can you can put on for rewatches that you you know you're happy to not pay full attention to. You know what I mean? That's, I, that is quite uh, a lot of comedies good. like see like Anchorman and stuff. Yeah. I could do that, yeah, yeah. but you don't need to pay attention and you still find some bits funny. Yeah. That's like this. It's yeah. very it's very satirical and weird with its humour. It is good. Definitely recommend that. Love it. You're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Again, it's just introduce yourself. You're listening uh-huh. to Scott and Liam versus Scott Evil. And William versus Evil. Liam, Scott and William. Scott and William. William, like L I A M. Am I not saying that? William. 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 No, it's like just like no L I A M. Yeah. Liam. Sorry, I am jet lagged. These lights are not helping. Scott and Liam versus Evil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's. I thought you were spelling out the end of William. That's <laughs> okay, I got it now. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, this is Amanda Fuller, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, have you watched anything? Um, I've not really watched a lot, but I did watch Mother. Uh, we've right, talked okay. a lot about this in the group, but for anybody who's uh, listened to the, the show but doesn't is not in the group, what the fuck are you in the group for? Um, get involved! Um, Mother is phenomenal. 
Really? Yeah, really, really liked it. It was, it was a movie when it came out. I was dead excited for for it after seeing the trailers, and I thought, yeah, this looks like it could be right up my street. And then all the reviews came in, and whether they were like people's reviews or whether actual paid critics' reviews, it was bad. Was saying, all saying, it, saying this is Jennifer Lawrence's worst movie. It's the worst movie of the year. It was the worst movie of the decade. And um, so that kind of didn't put me off. But Lawrence says, I don't want to go and see it in the cinema because I'm not interested in paying money to see it if that's the review. And I said, right, fair enough. We won't go. And then it came out, saw it in HMV the other day, got it, watched it, and I loved it. Right. Fully loved it. At the beginning, the first kind of half, it, uh, it's, it completely it, it makes me anxious, you know? Have oh, you seen really? it? I've not seen it yet. Oh, no. Right, well, the first kind of half makes me fully anxious of, of kind of like, because it sets up, the trailer shows you like people, un- unknown people coming into your house, uh-huh. and just that idea of people being in your house that you don't know and you don't fully trust mm-hmm. and maybe like kind of touching your stuff or you know just being too familiar with you you're like fucking get out of here man yeah, yeah. honestly that would freak me out and it, and, it, and it kind of plays that and it follows Jennifer Lawrence around the house like it's the camera work follows her around the house so you're moving and it's one of those kind of big American houses where you've got almost like a full 360 corridor that will go through uh-huh. join the room so you can move around and stuff can change behind the camera by the time you get back around it's different and, mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it completely messes with your head and you're fully right in there with Jennifer Lawrence rated it's full on full on climax oh really it's really worth worth the watch in fact if you've not seen it I'll give you a link eh dogs have still got your women in black I'll take it in fact no I'll probably buy it anyway I really I still need to watch the original women in black I don't know why I've not watched that I actually forgot I had it again until right there sorry (laughs) the mother because it was in so many top 10 lists and you raved about it I was like right shit I really need to watch it Mm because I've done the same as you I wrote it off with all the reviews yeah. that I never bought, but I'm interested to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, movie that I watched uh, just there was The Neon Demon. Mm-hmm. And I was spurred on to watch The Neon Demon after listening to a podcast that Duncan from the Podcast Under the Stairs was on um, with the guy who's in the groups now, Boz. It's um, Little Pod of Horrors. And Duncan was discussing The Neon Demon because it was his favourite movie of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it, and it's kind of what I was expecting. Very keen at Arthouse, very art house. You need to kind of pay attention, but it's um it's very, very interesting, very enjoyable, and it kinda of gets to like a like a you know, like a third act when it just does just push it that bit further, you know. It's kinda of all you're going all the way through it and it's like okay, this is normal, this could be real, this could be real, this is a world I don't know, I don't know the fashion industry, this could be real, and then it just at the end it just kinda of takes that extra step and you're like, Well, this is a horror movie I'm watching. So you actually you liked it? I did like it, yeah. Did you think you liked it more listen and discuss it than you would have watching it? The only reason I'm asking is because when I watched it with Lena, she really liked it. I thought it was shit. Actually I think we talked about it in a previous set, like one of the other yeah, episodes. I, I thought it was awful um, but if it if it listening to other people talk about it maybe changes your opinion I'd be up for re-watching it I mean you could listen to that um, episode the little pod of horrors I did or if you if you can recall when we were out and, uh, drinking with Duncan and, um, and Baz from the podcast in the stairs we spent the first uh, hour discussing the Neon Demon uh, <laughs> I'm actually so this has been what three four four nights five nights after we went out with Duncan and Baz I'm still hungover. <laughs> okay, I'm literally still feeling it. That, and I don't remember anything for that night. That night escalated very, very quickly, and <laughs> I think we all expected it to happen, and we all wanted it to happen, and it and it did. <laughs> it, it really did. Even in fact, Baz messaged us the next day, saying, "So, did we actually discuss any podcast plans?" And the only person that could remember was Duncan. Yeah, who seemed to think that we discussed it for quite a lengthy <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> Man's a fucking machine. I don't know how he does it. No. How come every other human has 24 hours a day and Duncan's got 500? I genuinely do not know. It was a great night. I don't it remember was. saying bye to them no. or you. No. And you I, thought I was in KFC with you. I went in KFC and couldn't remember how to order food. <laughs> like, I literally was looking at the board, couldn't read it, and then the girl asked me, I says, the, uh, the, the spicy one in the box. Oh, this is the same thing I order for KFC every <laughs> single time I go. It's the, uh, the, the Zinger Tower burger box meal. But <laughs> uh, burger box meal... <laughs> just could not come out my, my mouth I was like the spite uh, she's like is this what you want I was like aye okay yeah, I didn't drink my gravy at the tub on the train home I was an absolute fucking disgrace I, I got in I, was, I think it was the last train so it was fucking packed and I had my headphones and I was just standing looking really angry because I was so drunk I was <laughs> like this would be so easy for somebody to take advantage of me. <laughs> so just look angry and, and, and approachable uh, and I went home 
and I went up and I said goodnight to Lena because she was getting ready for bed and I went down and I covered my entire toilet in whitey. <laughs> like, How come you never managed to put it in the toilet? Do you get it in the bowl or was it over? Oh no, it goes in the bowl but right, okay. it, it comes out like a fucking fire hose where it goes in the toilet and the walls <laughs> and the floor and the next day Lena was like, I told her and she went, oh did you clean it? I was like, yeah of course I did. She went, oh my bleach? I was like, yeah, what else did I clean it with? She went, where's the bleach? I was like, it's in a cupboard downstairs. She went, it's actually in, like, her kind of dressing room. I was like, oh no, there's a lot of bleach downstairs. I hadn't fucking cleaned it. I, thought, <laughs> I was lying. I was lying to my, my grotty whitey teeth. Uh, so I had to then go down and eat humble pie and clean it. So it was a good night. It was a fun night. No, absolutely no plans were made. No. And if, if any of us say their plans were made... Duncan, you're a liar. Yeah. The only thing, uh, or I'm actually worried that what we've signed up for. Yeah, I remember. I remember two things from that night. One of them was uh, Duncan starting a live video that went up in the podcast under the stairs group, and I don't know what the hell I was saying. <laughs> I literally cannot watch it back because I'm I've got the fear for how nonsense I was talking. And the other is when we were playing pool, and oh, yeah. the, the four of us are abysmal at pool, and we quite regularly could not differentiate the white ball from the yellow balls. It was yeah, a complete true. and total riot. I think that was in the video. I think I watched it the next night. What, the uh, live video? Because it was, it was live video on NYC bar. Yeah. That was in a completely different bar. I know, but he live video the pool as well. Oh, Jesus. Because I remember I was all standing looking going, all right, and then like moving the queue because we fucking misread what ball was what. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really remember being in block. No, no, because I've got photos on my phone of us just round the potato and I was looking at thinking, what bar is it? Because I remember four of the bars up Hope Street and I was looking at my, my pictures and I said, that's none of those bars. Where the <laughs> hell were we? And it then eventually come back to went to block, but I have no, I, yeah. no idea of how we got up there. I have no idea when we decided to come home. I'm glad somebody had their head on because see if it was, see if nobody had to go home, even though the plans, we'd have ended up somewhere that was open. Still be. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I can, have the, the last bar. Well, the last bar that I remember, I remember thinking, I'm going to be sick. I need to I need to get home. I need to be sick. And I assume that that's what happened. I just remember on the train and then walking through Hamilton. And I think I might have got a kebab. But I do what I usually <laughs> do. I get a kebab, take it all the way home, whisper on sweet nothings to this kebab, how it's going to get absolutely ravaged when I get home. Put it on the fucking kitchen table. Go in, white it, and then fall asleep. <laughs> and then the next day, throw the entire kebab in the bin because yeah. there's no way in it. It's fucking mental. So, that's that. Anything else? Um, I have no, nothing else that I have watched. Uh, nobody has phoned me yet. So, my mother is now a, a new Russian bride. Or, I have a nice new fish freezer. And it's went without, without fault. Let's hope it's the latter. Or, they're not actually there yet. And I'm going to go home and then still have to talk to... Foreigners about moving fridges <laughs> out of my house, <laughs> which I can't really bother because I'm socially inept. So we'll see you guys in two weeks where it's my pick. So don't worry, you don't have to sit through an all shit show like this. You only to watch something for the seventies that is absolutely garbage <laughs> more like more than likely. I think, I think I'll go with an eighties vibe this time. Mm-hmm. Like some some fun eighties, sun bonkers though. Just just to make up for this, stick a bit right here. Yeah. yeah, why not? Uh, remember if you have anything that you want us to share uh, like podcast promos or uh, fan fiction about me and Scott or just things you want us to play in the show if it fits the show send us it and we'll play it in the episode help you guys out thanks for everyone joining the group uh, January has been our most listens of all time yeah it's exciting just fucking brilliant some of the numbers I'm reading I'm like what? Yeah. what the fuck's going on? We're, we're big in Japan now. That's, uh, everyone's big in Japan. <laughs> we're actually big in... Do you know what our top five countries? Japan and Sweden are in there. Sweden? Sweden. Maybe we should watch Troll then. I don't know. If I, I was going to say, I don't know if I was just listening to it in Norway and SoundCloud just thinks I was in Sweden, but <laughs> I don't listen to it, so that, that can't even be the... Yeah. That can't be the case. But yeah, that's fucking pretty cool. So let's keep it up. So we'll try and keep making good episodes if you just keep listening. And interacting and... Fucking just chat in the group. Come and say hi. Join the group. And then come and say hi. But cool. Where can you find us? You can find us on Facebook. If you search Scott and Liam versus Evil, uh, you'll find us there. There's a group you can join. Uh, You'll find us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus. You can also find us on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can send us the emails of anything you want to discuss or anything you want us to play to Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail.com. And you can find us in the flesh at Glasgow Fright Fest if you're lucky enough to get tickets 
we'll be there on the 2nd and 3rd of March getting sore bums from sitting down a lot um, <laughs> <laughs> not from buying <laughs> uh, and yeah if you're at Glasgow Fright Fest come and say hi yes uh, Duncan will be there from Podcast Under Stairs I think Boz will be there Boz is there hello uh, so, bye <laughs>